Prepare yourself for more face-melting, metal-stopping music. Armor will be pierced. Fluid will be spilled. Machines will fall. Warriors will rise. Animatronic brings you a soundtrack for armored combat. Available now from NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Join the invasion. Hey everyone, Darren aka Bombadil here. Welcome to part two of three of the Mech Warrior Online Town Hall meeting with Russ Bullock that was recorded earlier tonight. Russ spent over three and a half hours answering your questions directly from chat. So thank you all for your questions and participation, and let's get started. Hopefully everyone's having a great night. We are doing a town hall meeting with Russ Bullock, the president of Piranha Games, and we are you know basically we're asking him your guys' questions out there. If you have a question, go ahead and post it in the chat. If it is a legit question and not a troll question, we will place it down. And uh, we are literally asking exactly what you say. Um, so anyways, uh, welcome back, uh, Russ and Darren. Um, we're just going to jump right into the next topics. Anyways, again, um, appreciate you uh, doing this. I think the community appreciates it. And um, Darren, you want to go to kick off the first one? Indeed. And uh, thank you again, uh, Russ, for being here, as well as all of you out in the audience. Uh, this next question is from Pancake Man from Aces. His question is, will PGI take the same approach to multiple games like Hi-Rez Studios did? If one game proves more successful than the other, will it be? Will the other be discontinued? Uh, there were several questions basically referring to Hi-Rez, so we'll lump them all into this one from Pancake Man. Well, I'm going to have to guess a little bit uh, about a game that's you know not my own, but... First off, I would probably word that a little bit differently. I know Todd at high res a little bit. I know how much they, how excited they were about Tribes, how proud they were of the product that they made. And if you remember, it had some really nice reviews when it came out and stuff. And I think that, I don't think they stopped development on Tribes because their new game was more successful. I think it's almost certainly more a matter of Tribes wasn't, able to make enough money to support itself i mean they probably had the same um notion that we do that look if it's viable they're going to absolutely continue to make it but i'm assuming and i have to guess here i could be incorrect i think it became unviable i think it just wasn't creating enough money to even support a very small development team so i could be wrong todd if you're listening probably not um they can correct us but Certainly, it must have become a point where they made a decision and said, well, these staff that we have, they're high-quality people, they do really good work, and we need to you know, apply them to a product that's, that's successful for us. And so, obviously, it feels like Smite is, uh, is doing very good. Congratulations to them. It's not, not an easy thing. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit of conjecture there on my part, but as it becomes, for us, it's back to each game's viability. You know, if you guys want to support MechWare Online for the next six years, then we're going to continue to work on it. And that doesn't matter if the second project is less successful than MechWare Online, the same, or a runaway hit. Um, you know, MechWare will just, it'll exist on its own merits. So, no, um, I, I'm, we're guessing at what high res uh, motivations were and exactly what the process was like over there, but... Uh, that's how we're going to approach it. All right. Uh, so the next question, and I don't know who this is from. All we have is uh, the question itself. So apologies. Uh, NGNG TV, how could MWO community get involved with the progress of MWO for developers? So basically, I guess they're asking is, how's the how can the community be involved or is it involved in the development process for MWO? I think I'm going to be really quick on that one because I think I answered that before. I want to just, I think we're going to finish off 2014 here with um, the maps I mentioned, uh, the new game mode I mentioned, Community Warfare, Planetary Combat, etc. Um, in 2015, we're going to come, definitely, that's a fulfillment of those features, so we're going to come to you and say, okay, what's next? And um, as far as getting involved, we talked a little bit about how maps might be able to go that way, and otherwise it's more voting processes for content, features, things like that. Oh, okay. right. So we're still answering questions about the lifespan production of MWO. Just to give you guys an idea of what's coming up, we still have uh, a few questions about IGP. We have some questions about, um, you know, the clans, clan mechs, community warfare, and, and post-community warfare and stuff. So a lot of questions coming up. Please stick around. 
The next question, and this should be uh, actually a quick one, Russ, um, maybe even a yes or no, comes from Danger Zone 922 and he says, when you guys reach 2020, which is the end of your license for MechWarrior Battletech, will you guys try to extend the license again? Well, um, I don't see why we wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's that's a long ways out. I'm not sure we can really look that way, but I have a hard time believing that if we are still making MechWarrior Online and MechWarrior products come 2020. That means we're still viable right to that point. We still haven't lost our interest or passion for it at all. Um, I don't see why anything would change. So at that point, it would really come down to uh, Microsoft. And if they felt like they wanted to take it over, if they wanted to continue to let us um, steward the property, if they felt like they, I guess, made enough money during the process or we handled it well enough, and that'll be really in their hands at that point. So um, we... In that situation, I, I think we would try. I think that's it's obvious that we would continue. If it's still viable, we still like it, we're still making it, sure we would. Okay, next question we have is from Necrodaddy549. Do you plan on having any more official tournaments soon, uh, you know, and how often? And because he basically said the last one was uh, quite entertaining to watch. Yes, um, I want to have another one of those right away. And so... That was um, something that we ran through marketing at IGP, and uh, it's very, very complex to arrange that between the two companies. And um, it, you know, it, it, it was fun. It was good. It, I thought it went over pretty well for our first one, but um, that was difficult. And why we didn't jump on that right away? At this point, with everything in our hands, I want to jump on that straight away. I think we're feeling like, as a company. We have to do some things first, and maybe we're wrong in thinking that way. Like maybe you guys can correct us and say, "No, please just have a tournament right now." And what I mean by that is, we want to make some more improvements on just all the esports aspects of the game. So, for instance, um, the spectate mode. And, and our backend engineer the other day completed the code that would allow us to add two more additional spectator slots. And my understanding of the feature is, and I could be wrong, but my understanding is the purpose is that those spectators could be like, say, for instance, Darren and Phil from NGNG or some other managers of the tournament or, you know, commentators. And those two spectators then would have control over the private window screen. So they're the ones setting all the criteria that people need to meet. And they're the ones that say, yeah, everyone's meeting the criteria launch. So it's a better control process and so the captains aren't really responsible for managing their teams as much. They still are, but it's, you know, the spectators get to launch that. And then, of course, once you're in, a lot of improvements over that spectate tool when it comes to, um, you know, how you show the enemies and, you know, the enemies once they're dead, make sure their names disappear. And I think a lot of those bugs and improvements have been done. Some haven't. So it's kind of been a struggle for us to commit to saying, let's do a tournament because we're also juggling resources to try and, you know, get community warfare and these things done, but trying to find cracks and moments in time to get enough of those other improvements finished before we have our next tournament. But maybe you guys would all agree that um, maybe we should have another one um, soon, you know, with, you know, where the status of those tools are now um, with the understanding that, uh, you know, those tools are a work in progress and they'll get better and better as we go along. But that's that's kind of what, where we're at now. One was sort of waiting to the IGP Piranha thing to clear up so that we could run the marketing and we could be a lot more efficient with that process and also kind of was waiting for those tools to get a chance and the engineers find the time to improve them. So, you know, we'd be happy to hear your guys' opinion on whether we should uh, wait until they're improved or... Um, you know, move ahead of the tournament. Alrighty, the next question is from, hopefully I'm getting it right, Icarin. Icarin. Uh, the question is, there was talk a while back about uh, splitting the servers for Euro players. Uh, how could this be implemented? I'm European, but mostly play with North American players. I'd like the flexibility of switching between these two servers. Uh, for example, uh, GW2, Guild Wars 2, I'm assuming, uh, without needing two accounts. Is this a possibility? And if not, why? Okay, so Euro server question, or for that matter, places like Australia and whatnot. Yes. Well, there's some good news here and some challenging news. Um, in the IGP situation, we weren't in control of the hosting, so it really was. And there were some, there were some kind of bad 
problems there in the sense and I'm speaking for IGP a little bit which maybe it's a little inappropriate but they had a data center in Toronto that was they owned the hardware there and they were pretty hardcore locked into that data center and had quite a bit of costs surrounding that so you know getting data centers also then in Europe and whatnot was becoming um, a challenge now that we've switched over to our new data center and that stuff is in Piranha's hands it's been top of mind for me just the last couple of weeks. We can quite easily now spin up a box. Let's let's say in Europe, spin up a couple boxes in Europe or maybe one in the you know, Oceanic Australia region. Um, Australia might be the best example here because a lot of our European players, depending where you are, even German players and whatnot are getting pings that are, you know, close to 100, you know, 100, between 150 and 100. Fairly, quite acceptable ping rates for you know, for MechWare Online. Um, but, for instance, Australian players, which there are a significant number of players there, they they show up in our top five lists for most, you know, metrics for MechWare Online, but their pings are obviously significantly worse. So, let's take an example. If the challenge then becomes, let's take Australia as an example. Hey, we put a server there in the Oceanic region so that their ping goes from 300 or even 400 or whatever it is to... 100. Awesome, right? Now the problem becomes how many players are in the Oceanic region or Australia. Is First off, they're probably going to want a chance to decide whether they play in North America or there. Now we can achieve that easy enough. We can allow the player to choose the server. We can say, okay, I want to play North America. Even though I have a ping of 370, I want to play North American servers. We can allow that. The challenge then becomes, though, we have that server in Australia. And let's say a lot of the players do want to play in that local server because they're ping so significantly better and playable that they play there. But still, our matchmaker, this is a 12v12 game, right? It takes a certain amount of players to get that matchmaker to function properly. And it's a pretty... It's a pretty sure thing that I don't know that we would have enough players in, say, the Australia region to support their own little ecosystem of launching matches, you know, with each other, and to support that matchmaker functionality. So if we if we put that process back over to Europe, that's a better situation. We got a lot of German players, um, a lot of um, UK. Um, France, other areas are, you know, popular with MechWire Online. And if we put servers there, um, maybe there would be enough to support that. And But then again, you know, the MechWire community is not, this is not the player base of World of Tanks, right? I mean, it's it's decent size, but uh, very respectably sized. But still, the North American servers will feel that impact. You know, they'll feel the impact of, of all the European players, Um playing there in Europe so this is a very difficult question now so on the one hand we've overcome the, the difficulty of setting up a server in a region we can quite easily do that now um, but then it becomes different problems of like well how do those little ecosystems function with each other and if people are choosing to play in the North American server still is there enough players in that region then to support that server? Or if too many players in that region play on the local server, how much impact does that have on the North American servers? And it's just one of those things we're not going to know until we try. So I, I think that I'm willing to, we're willing to spend some money and pick a region as a test case, put some servers there and see how it goes and see if it's very viable and, and it's great. And if you build it, they will come sort of thing. And and now all of a sudden our European players in Germany and other regions is three times higher because we had that many people deciding not to play because they didn't want to play on the higher pings of North American servers. So um, I think it's going to take some money to just explore and find out those answers. Um, but we're now finding the position to do that. So, yeah, I think we'll get Nico and some people to start that conversation up. And let's um, everyone's going to raise their hand and say, my region, my region. Um it's really kind of a debate between our European players, which is certainly a larger chunk of players. It's a, it's a significant chunk of players. It's probably very close to half of our players. I mean, we have very 
very similar European and North American spikes on our servers um, for the peak European time and peak North American hours. It's very similar player bases, yet Europeans, Europeans are connecting to North America. So it makes sense to put servers in Europe. Uh, maybe our European players, though, are, which are getting very respectable pings, uh, might say, help the poor buggers out in Australia. Let's put a server there as a test case. We've got to figure that out. Um, so I think we're happy to take some uh, some of your feedback on that and what you think priority is. And and some of uh, – maybe we'll get a post. Maybe one idea is to get a post up from Carl or someone on how that might work, what the options are, and kind of see what our player base thinks of what the best option is and the, you know what they'd be interested in supporting. Thank you for answering that. And real quick, I just want to point out to everybody, if you're posting messages that are too long and you're getting slapped down by Nightbot, don't worry about it. We are picking up the messages in the back end and adding them to the document if they are relevant and uh, civil and so forth. So keep that in mind. And I think Phil has the next question. All right. So only stolen ask uh, when Nico visited the uh, FLWM Free Worlds League, uh, he stated there would be an ISMEC one to one coming out for every clan mech uh when will this start um flwm what does that mean again free worlds league merit F, maybe it's spelled wrong or something the acronym seems backwards okay um okay i, I don't even know what to say to that because <laughs> i um i don't know if that is necessarily true um, we've got the Vindicator mech. Priority, I, I, well, I'll restate it more like this way. I think it's absolutely true, but not quite yet. Uh, we want to see the number of clan mechs get a little higher, not all the way to matching numbers of, you know, the Intersphere mechs. There's just as, as many of them to begin with, or at least, you know, popular ones, interesting ones. Um, well, clanners are going to hate me for saying that, maybe, but uh, we want to get out another, let's just call it four or five mechs, let's call it five, five mechs, clan mechs, as more of a priority to get those numbers up to a dozen plus, and then I think we're going to get much more even in our mech production. So that might be... Um, little bit of uh, adjusting priorities or uh, I'm not really sure when that statement was made or, or why it was made so I'd have to talk to Nico and see if that was where he got that from or, or you know if that was something oh, he actually said yeah uh, just to pop in so uh, when I was talking to the free worlds league uh, they were asking specifically if we were continuing to release new mechs alongside the uh, the clan mech releases and i said that we were continuing with the clan of or the mech of the month uh, at that time all right um hi nico and speaking of nico uh russ has been quite a few people asking uh if you could address the recent forum moderation uh which partic which particular question well that can be either russ or you uh nico just uh you know, the recent um, moderation on the MWO forums? If it can just be addressed, explained. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we've got a whole thread about it up, and I'll link it down to uh, the chat, text chat. But uh, we should probably continue with uh, Russ's concerns here. But, uh, yeah, people can keep poking me with uh, concerns or questions about moderation in that thread, so I'll pass it over. Well, um... I can add a few thoughts. I mean, we do hire a community manager to handle things for us on those regards. He is in the trenches quite literally almost 24 hours a day. So he understands the communication and the issues a lot more so than I do. Um, my opinion um, is always the same. I want to show a lot of patience, as much as patience as we can, and communicate with people. And I think... People have seen aspects of this from me in the past where I've literally tried and tried and tried and tried to communicate to users and um, show patience and try to you know work through their concerns. But um, it was sometimes we just feel like 
those efforts are not being listened to. They're not being reciprocated. And um, if an individual says you're the worst humans in the world because this feature hasn't been released and we release that feature that next week, then he says, well, you're the worst humans in the world because this feature hasn't been released. And it just gets to a point where it doesn't do anybody any good to keep that relationship alive. We're better. Um, our customers, the vast majority of our customers are better served with us focusing on them and communicating with them than trying to communicate with players that show no um, interest in trying to understand or get along with us. In fact, it feels like their agenda is the opposite no matter what the situation. So uh, we'll just have to leave it at that because they, they will never see it our way or we'll never be able to see eye to eye on certain things. So good news is there's very few players like this, um, very few customers like this. You know, we wish we could get through them and talk to them, um, but there just comes a limit. We just have to set certain boundaries. And I think our community management could have been better in the very beginning of the project. If I want to throw ourselves under the bus a little bit, I think we didn't, when, when those aspects were under IGP control, I think we could have been a lot better at setting boundaries that we all wanted to live by at the very beginning of the project. Um, but, you know, we didn't do that as well as in hindsight as we wanted to. So I think it, it created too much of an opening for too much running room in the very beginning. And then it was very hard to dial back that running room and say, uh oh, you know, no, we don't want this. And I think that. You know, we see that to this day. It's uh, there's a lot of internet culture out there, as you know, and there's this is a hot topic in the game industry in general right now. That there's just, you know, too much um, negativity and troll mentality throughout all of internet gaming, all gaming and all online presences. That I personally feel really strongly about. I think it's out of hand. I don't know why people behave that way and online because I know whenever these people get and they meet us in person and they come to an event or something, um, it is nothing but smiles and everyone's a nice person. <laughs> so um, people are different people on the internet oftentimes. Um, anyhow, I think that the most valid piece of, of information I can reiterate there is that I think in the early going of the project, we could have set our boundaries and expectations with our customers a lot better than we did. And so... Now we had to kind of reel back in some of that running room and establish, you know, a relationship with our customers that I think is is respectful and considerate of each other, and um, hopefully that they will feel listened to um, with our greater form of communication that's happening now. Um, reflecting back on some of the things I've mentioned tonight around the four pillars and their near completion, as originally discussed, um, the faster pace of 2014 of hitting those deadlines as promised. Community Warfare, Planetary Combat, right around the corner. Um, you know, I'd like to hit the reset button with all those customers and say, you know, we could admit some mistakes if you could consider the validity of some of these other statements. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. All right, Russ, we've reached two hours. So now do you want to keep going? I think that's up to our listenership. You know, if they would like to stick around for another 30 minutes to an hour, then um, I'm happy to do so. All right, well, we got plenty of questions, so I'm going to assume by the numbers <clears throat> that they want to stick around. Phil, you want to take us into another question? Yep, let me go ahead and dive in. We have literally um, a ton uh, <laughs> yeah. here. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, we've got uh, Shredhead99 asks, can we see more and better graphics optimization in the coming months? I guess that's more of a request slash question. Well, I guess it kind of, I'm, I'm not sure if, well, optimization, graphics optimization. So there's better graphics, and then there's graphics optimization, which kind of feel like op opposite ends of the spectrum. So, um, yeah, that's a tough thing. When we first started MechWare Online, we set our um, minimum specs basically as high as we thought we could get away with that would work with the CryEngine. And... That low spec machine now obviously is, yeah, I wouldn't want to play with it, right? But you can play with it. And 
And now, you know, at this point in the game, I think a really respectable machine is playing the game on very high settings with, you know, 60 frames per second. But I get, I still get lots of comments to me, like, you know, people that are running maybe a little bit older machines, just kind of barely adequate, closer to the minimum specs, and a lot of comments saying, when are you going to find time to optimize it so the game's going to run better? And then, of course, I also get the opposite end of the spectrum, people that have really hot-ass machines, and they're saying, when are you going to support all these other features of, you know, the X11 and beyond that's going to go even, you know, you know, even higher specs? It's it's really difficult to put new graphical features in the game without without raising your minimum spec. You can try to put a lot of options in there. Oftentimes those will work, but sometimes you do just have to give up on some legacy aspect in order to go to a new set of graphics. So there's kind of the balance in the Cash 22 there. Um, I guess I'll say to our minimum spec players and people on the lower end of the spectrum, you know, it is getting close to 2015. We set those specs three years ago. I don't think you should probably be waiting around for like when the game is going to start to run faster on existing hardware. I think right now our challenge is to try to not let the frame rate drop at all as we continue to improve and grow the product and add you know, new features into the game. Um, having said that, to finalize the answer is that is not a priority at the moment. We do have one full-time rendering engineer and he's dealing with a few straggling issues. I know there's some people out there that are saying, what gives, what's up with SLI? Let me, let me um, give you the answer on that so you know. SLI right now actually from a code perspective works in our game. The bad part is, um, CryEngine isn't that great for SLI machines. It's very CPU bound engine. Even in the past games, some of our tests for Crisis 2 and other games, you did get a benefit from SLI, but it was, you know, 50 frames or 60 frames or something. Like it was a benefit, it was there, but not like, you know, maybe some other games. Um, it's a general statement about CryEngine that I don't know if they would argue with me about, but. I think it's it's a fair enough assessment to at least say generally that it's a more CPU bound engine and MechWarrior doesn't do anything to help that. I mean, it's a very CPU bound game. So having four cores is your most important thing to have and fast four cores, more so even than graphics cards. So um, SLI right now, the last remaining aspect is actually a driver error with NVIDIA. And we're waiting for NVIDIA to give us a bug fix and an actual driver fix before SLI truly works in our game. So you can, um, as soon as we get that from them, we're going to be able to release the profile and then SLI will be um, present in our game. And uh, that's just an example brought up of what our rendering engineer is dealing with on some, rather than say focusing on some new um, feature, a new graphical, you know, aspect of DX11 that um, there's certain lots of ideas out there that we'd like to do. But I think, unfortunately, it might be a bit of a boring answer that says um, we got our hands full to the end of the year, delivering community warfare and our rendering engineers trying to work on the Intersphere map, trying to make that look cooler, look more interesting and render differently. Um, community warfare rules until, so again, it's probably the new year before we can turn our rendering engineer towards something a little more fancy all right sounds good um adi from house of lords asks are there plans to release c-bill versions of hero mechs uh for example no extra c-bills or anything but a c-bill variant with the same hard points um simply put no no uh, you have to uh you have to find the money from somewhere, you know, to make a game like this. And, um, you know, a product like this is still, still takes, um, I don't know, I, you know, too much information usually burns us, you know, cause it's information that people, uh, don't necessarily know how to handle, but, um, it's still, you know, many hundreds of thousand dollars per month just to run the product and to run the game and to fund the development team. It could be, um, you know, close to a half million dollars all all told per month on MechWarrior Online. So it's, um, we've got to, you know, there's got to be a business model there somewhere. And we're a free-to-play game. I still stand by that statement. Um, it's, you know, it's just like, uh, just like other games. And I guess we'd have to basically um, challenge 
pretty much all of them being free to play if we challenge Mech Warrior, and that is, you know, premium tanks, hero mechs. Um, there's just some things out there that are hard currency, and that's how the that's how the game's funded. You know, we have players out there that play for free. They play absolutely for free. They own 20 mechs, and they've mastered their atlases and the whole bit, and they've never spent a dime on the game, and they've played like 4,000 matches. You know, that's significant. Um, it's a significant time. They're playing a game developed in CryEngine that's had, you know, many millions of dollars spent on it. And they're playing it perfectly for free. And it doesn't happen unless somebody is spending money somewhere. And so there's the micro MC type transactions. And this is the strategy of all business, of all free to play games. You gotta create a basically. You gotta create a price point for everybody. That's how these games work. There's gotta be the tiny price points for those that buy the little, little bits and pieces nonstop. The bigger price points, the bigger price points, the bigger price points, and right up to, of course, the classic free-to-play business term of the whale. And the games requires your ability to monetize across all of those. If they're willing to spend a dollar, then. There should be something there. Spend a dollar on, and we need to do a better job of that. That's something we've talked about. We don't have enough. Maybe that's one change I can talk about in the billing of Mechro Online that we'd like to see is maybe the rest of what we have there stays very similar to what it is, but there needs to be more options for the smaller, smaller purchases and the micro purchases, so that they're not making big investments. But um, you know, again, that's just you, we've got to. That's the business model of free-to-play, and I think that kind of plays into um, pre-sale programs too. I mean, um, a lot of times the pre-sale programs are looked at by various people in different ways as, you know, money grabs and various terms like that. They're very derogatory thrown out. I mean, it's just a part of the business model. It's it's always going to be a part of MechWire Online. You know, it's just there's always going to be in-game content to sell to buy hero max to buy champion max to buy premium accounts and hopefully more reasons even to add value to your premium accounts you have more reasons to run one and activate your premium accounts than we have currently and of course pre-sell programs that's a very important part of our revenue and will always be a part of our business model so i'm sorry to you players that asked that question um there's got to be a you know, there's got to be a way to fund the game, and and Hero, Hero Max, um, I, I don't foresee any plans where they would be um, available for anything but uh, hard currency only. Well, I know, uh, you know, personally, I've I've heard this said many a times is microtransactions. A lot of people, you know, want stuff like decals or, uh, you know, obviously, you know, cockpit items that are, are you know, uh, focused on, you know, battle tech lore. I know those are a lot of little things, you know, especially when you look at like the dollar range, like um, that, that's where a lot of people, I feel, want something to be able to purchase in the game and it to, to add value to the game. But um, I do. Okay, well, let's um, let me jump on that, Phil. Um Here's a little bit of good news for you guys. Um, one of our engineers is like a engineers is a full month plus into developing a deco system. So um, I've seen it work on his machine. Um, decos are working. I think he's working on a few final bugs and working with our art director and animators right now to figure out um, the exact locations of the mechs and you know where they would go and how many you put on your mech and um, basically it's at the point or within a few days at the point where. Um, it then requires a UI engineer. So a UI engineer would add the functionality in the front end. So for instance, let's say the skin screen uh, where you apply patterns becomes the exterior screen. So it's not just about patterns and colors, but it's also about applying decals. Um, and so that's, that is something that is uh, well underway. And I won't put a date to it here today, but we know how important that would be to have that for Community Warfare. So apply to your unit. So we're trying to make it also a part of something that you get this year with Community Warfare. Um, that, there, there's, there's just one to jump on that though because you mentioned it and before you know I forget and you know don't bring it up later. So people might as well know that. Um, yeah, no one will be planning on it, but uh, it's actually getting kind of close for um, Deco system. 
and, and translate for Americans as decals. We're talking about decal system. A lot of people have been looking forward to that. Decals. I, I forgot. Um, I forgot about how uh, Canadians pronounced it, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, as long as it's not aluminium. Uh, yes. Anyways, <laughs> uh, another thing, obviously, to bring up uh, a lot of people in the in the context of microtransactions would be, you know, aesthetic stuff. Uh, you know, you guys have talked about it in the past for us. And I think the community would agree. Uh, just little stuff like to make your atlas head look a little bit different. Maybe you choose to have the glowing eyes. Or on your Timberwolf, you want uh, some feature. Just all those little things to where, you know, gameplay-wise, they don't really have any impact. Um, but aesthetic-wise, just all little things. And, and, and like I said, in that small price range of, you know, a uh, you know, dollar, you know, two dollars, I think a lot of people would like those options uh, to be able to choose and those are the little microtransactions that everyone says, hey, you know, you're offering mechs for $30. You know, maybe that's too much, but I, I'll spend a dollar here and a dollar there. Um, and that's what they want. So it's, it's good to hear that that's coming down the pipeline. All right. So Next. I'm going to take uh, three, sorry about that, three questions and combine them into one just to, because it's more concise. Uh, this is, it starts with Knights. He asks, uh, when can we see more? Reseen mechs. I know you always love answering that one, Russ. And kind of going further into that, Catra uh, Brandon asks, um, can we see some alternatives, such as, for example, with the Warhammer, the Hammer Hands, and, uh, Hammer Hands instead? Um, and then Clawbert asks, what are the future for new clan mechs? So, Reseen, alternative Reseen, and clan mechs. Take it away. Well, um, no more plans at the moment for the re-scene. We sit in the same spot there. We used up what we feel is pretty much all of them from the Dugram Crusher Joe lines that were don't really have the legal complexity, um, <clears throat> at least the active legal uh, complexity that uh, um, the, as you guys know, the uh, Robotech and Macross ones have, which is the remainder of the ones that everyone really likes. So nothing that really changes there, <clears throat> unfortunately. Um, Reseen, you know, I guess I just have to be honest that we're just not excited about the Reseen. We just can't really get the buy-in here. There's not, there's always something more pressing. When when it came to the actual, well, I guess to be more specific here, what, when I look at our Griffins and Shadowhawks and stuff, I'm, I, I'm not really considering them Reseen. I really look at those as the Unseen. Like those, to me, are re-envisioning re of the proper original designs not putting our mechware online artistic spin on ones that are already redesigned that's not something that gets a lot of attention here so um when you look at say the the marauder and the recent versions are changed so much and then we kind of put our spin on that and we still don't know if we're actually clear of the legal aspects so it's just too many questions there so for now I think we're kind of down with the scene, re-scene. We'll see. Time changes. Probably never thought we'd be able to do the ones we did at some point, so you never know. We'll, I'm sure we'll continually look at that at least twice a year until something gives. Um, Clan mechs, yes. Um, absolutely. I just said it. You know, everyone's like, what's up? You know, with more clan packages and Wave 2. And, you know, I'd like to commend ourselves on our patience because we definitely wanted to let this one soak in and uh, um, don't want to swamp you guys too heavily on these things. But like I said, it's an important part of our our business model. So, you know, there's going to be another one. In fact, I'll tell you about one right now. Um, I guess it's been about uh, almost three full months since the Wave 1 released. Uh, they sold very well. So the summer in Wave 1 was, uh, uh, it was um, sold second most it, it you know it wasn't as much as founders but um it was uh like three quarters of founders money and uh you know very successful and they continue to sell um very well to this day day by day and um and uh we're, we're releasing for c-bills as you know tomorrow you can get the summoner for c-bills that's the third one two weeks after that you can get the dire wolf for for c-bills and, and on and on we go so um, won't be too long now, and you'll see all of those Wave 1s available for C-Bills. However, we still feel like Wave 1 is going to continue to be available for sale because the value that you get, of course, is just so, so good. You know, you get all the premium time and the invasion versions and Warhorns and just all the stuff you get with the package. That's that's the appeal, right? It's a pre-sale program. 
just like pre-ordering your your games and your special edition sets or whatever it's a it's a valid business model for for all sorts of games um we do have a new clan invasion pack in invasion number two i guess wave two um we're hoping we're going to announce it a week from today um our you know the ui or not ui but um Web designers, web developers, and uh, all those guys have been so busy lately and switching data centers, you know, shifting the websites and switch, changing out the payment providers to us from IGP to, you know, marketing and everything. It's just been, they've been so busy, but so they've got a really busy week ahead of them to finish the work that would allow us to um, announce that on time. Um, again, so we're targeting September 15th. And I know you guys want to know everything now, but I feel like I want to, like, you know, leave some thunder for the announcement. So I don't know if I'm going to tell you all about the pack, but let's just say this time there's Form X, not eight. Light, medium, heavy assault, clan, of course. Um, pricing is is the same, same structure, but it doesn't go all the way up to eight, meaning it doesn't go all the way up to 240. So it's restricted to 120 dollars. So I think overall it's a um, more affordable package, and that was important to us. We didn't want to see that. Um, the bigger numbers this time, um, even though they're still similar. And you got, uh, I think you'll be really happy with the light and the medium, the heavy and assault. And there's also, we're planning something really special for our loyal kind of clan pre-sale customers. Those that have, you know, purchased um, uh, both a significant package on wave one and wave two will be given a significant um, gift, in fact, in the form of an entire, entire clan mech, um, and that clan mech you're going to be gifted. Ready for it? The one that you're going to be gifted is going to be ready and playable September 23rd. So people wow. are going to be, they're going to be playing that clan mech really soon and long before the other ones come out. Now, the the delivery date on the package is going to be December 15th. However. We're going to be learned all of our lessons from last time. The minute we announce this, you're going to have the C-Bill release schedule, all the variants, everything defined within the package you're getting. Um, there are faction-based skins this time. So that's kind of the big twist. It's like, you know, you get the one mech, you get to choose one faction-based skin, etc. And it's like, for instance, Clan Gold's Bear skin that fits these mechs and will be retrofitted to the other clan mechs as well. Um, so that... Those are kind of the big, big changes there. You got the faction-based skins, you got the mechs, um, and you got the major gift. I guess the other point I'll tell you is that even the other four mechs that are part of the packages, you're not going to wait till December 15th to get them all. My understanding is we're around the 1st of November. It's a current plan. This isn't set in stone yet. You'll get one around the 1st of November, one around the middle of November, one the 1st of December, the last one. The middle of December so they're going to be coming in advance of the final delivery date so I think the value is going to be we wanted to improve upon it this time um, give more value to those customers ultimately guys these are the customers and I'm sorry but I just can't help but pat them on the back thank them and this doesn't mean to you know make our you know lower spending customers or even free customers feel bad I mean you guys should join me and slapping them in the back and saying thank you i mean these guys are supporting you know mechware online so um please allow me to uh compliment them and say thank you for your support and this is going to be four great mechs and you're going to be able to not only play some of the players that you know have really spent significant on the clan side will be able to play that that great mech as early as september 23rd and then even even the other ones that people buy um in you know a la carte or the smaller packages and whatnot those mechs will start to become available like november 1st so i think that's great you know so you're going to have all the details from the get-go you're going to start getting them much sooner than the final delivery date and so we are going to see some new clan mechs running around in our game as early as september 23rd and then even as, as early as november so um that's what we've been focused on creating that mech or that package and um there you have it so let's wait until monday till you learn more i'm sorry don't hate me. It's just these guys spend so much time creating the the web page. The web page look amazing. Then Alex creates the concept art that just looks amazing. Uh, I just want to drop that 
on you guys in, on Monday. So please allow me to do that. All right, no, uh, uh, Phil is queued up with the next question, but I'm just going to ask because everybody wants to know: Are you going to name the mech, or do we have to wait? Which one? What do you mean? The free the mech. mech that they get. No, yes. I, I'm going to make them wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, builds in. Yeah, one adds week. to the anticipation. One week, I hope, guys. One week. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and skip down here, um, and this is obviously pertaining to uh, PGI obtaining the publishing rights from IGP. Um, SGR the Magician asks, here's a question, uh, are there any game mechanic decisions that IGP wanted that you're considering rolling back now that you're separate? Um, no, I'm afraid I can't really think, excuse me, I can't really think of anything. Um, they really weren't about mechanics or anything. They were, you know, more about um, first-time user experience and some of those things that we spent a significant amount of time on in 2013. And, you know, there's always pressure for that first-time user experience. And, you know, we see the value in it, too. We just felt like we had to complete our promise of community warfare before we turned our attention back to it again. So that was the main thing that came from them, not really uh, mechanics that I can think of. I don't know. All right, uh, we've got a couple questions here from... Well, I'm going to do this one. Um, Foxy Shortbus asks, for content creators, when will we be able to have a replay system that we can control time and camera angle on? Replay camera that you can control time and angle on? For example... Um, um, like World of Tanks, um, when you get out of a match, you, you have the option basically when you're dropping matches in World of Tanks and a couple other games to uh, record War Thunder as well to record replays. And so then when you get out of the match, you can go back, watch a replay, you can adjust the camera, ang camera angle if you're trying to do machinima, et cetera, et cetera. So is a replay system uh, on the books? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, no. I mean, that's just going to fall into that category of like, guys, I promise we'll. We'll talk about it when we finish delivering community warfare this year. You know, so it's some things like that. Some of those things are on the books, meaning there's like they're going to backlog in Jira, something that we all intend to get to at some point. And honestly, there's probably is more replay functionality stuff somewhere in that backlog. I'm positive there would be, um, but it is not on someone's development task list here in 2014. I can promise you that. Sorry, but. We definitely have our focus. We know what we got to get done this year. Okay, next question we have. Uh, Mung, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Mung Fu uh, Sensei. Something like that. Um, he says, has there been at any point, or will there be at any point, uh, where you consider giving up on CryEngine? Well, I don't think so. Um, good thing for us and i don't want to talk negatively because obviously it's a pretty darn good engine i mean it's a state-of-the-art engine it makes some amazing games um we're well established now right i mean we're three years in on this engine technology so we've had our challenges but you have those with all engines and you know right now our biggest challenge is probably around networking which is not un an uncommon sentiment i think you've heard that from uh, you know the star system guys have talked about the networking aspect so um Every engine has something like that that you gotta have to adjust to your game. But at this point, being three years in, um, I don't see why. Um, I'd be really surprised if that was the case. I mean, never say never. You know, maybe it's a year or two or three down the road, and you know, you get the full graphical update in some, you know, Unreal Five or something. I'm just throwing shit out there. Obviously, I, I have no idea. But right now, it certainly isn't the priority of us thinking ahead to like when we upgrade or switch the engine for MechWarrior Online. I was going to say, Russ, is that, I mean, obviously you're basically saying that isn't scheduled or even thinking of right now, but is a possibility that you guys could do. Is that correct? Uh, sorry, is it a possibility? Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, you're basically saying, yeah, it's definitely possible. It's just not planned at all right now. Yeah, I, I, that's right. I mean, I think what maybe why people would ask that is like, the game looked extremely beautiful when it launched. I think it still holds up extremely well. But, you know, people can start to look ahead and say, well, how good will it look two years from now? Well, you're right. It's something we're going to have to deal with at some point. And at that point, I guess we're going to have at some point we have to make a decision whether the engine has the capability to keep up with the times. Um, and that, of course, would play back into the question of 
you know, how viable is Macron Online? Are we still making this thing three years from now? I certainly hope the answer is we are. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry, just a little early for that question, I guess, but um, it's something we're going to have to deal with at some point. All right, the next question is from Sandpit, uh, although there's been a few people asking um, regarding the Phoenix packs and the loyalty point bonuses. When will those go into effect? I'm assuming Community Warfare, but uh, I'll let you answer. Yeah, that's a um, good question. Thanks, Sandpit. I knew I could count on him to you know toss that one out there because it's um it's an important it's an important question it's a valid question it's extremely important and uh it's something that people got with phoenix mechs and they haven't been able to see the result of those loyalty points counting up yet so the answer is yes it's a part of community warfare um it's definitely a part of your loyalty to your faction and unit and we are going to you know make it so those items are counting up and starting to show you know a value of your of, of your stored up loyalty points upon the release of um, planetary combat and at this point I'm not going to announce how they'll be applied within your unit um, I want to make sure that aspect gets tech reviewed a little more properly before I commit to something. But yeah, it will come with uh, planetary combat. So, um, but later this year, and you're, you know, playing with your unit aligned to um, Steiner, then um, within that unit, it, the, the point obviously is to, is just what it says, you know, show loyalty, you know, hopping around, jumping around, but staying and being loyal, collecting those points. You'll get a modifier with the medallion or the, the you know the item you got and uh you'll be able to spend those points to achieve tiers of some kind within that unit so we're getting um within a few months again there's that phrase again a few short months someone on twitter told me to stop using that phrase but there it is one more time um you, you know start to you know see those points count up so thank you to all of our phoenix customers and um waiting for that functionality and that concludes part two of the town hall meeting with Russ Bullock. Please stay tuned for part three. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcast, and on Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy.